Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode on your Over the Monster podcast feed. Uh, like I said a few times this week, we're going to be with you guys after all of these playoff games, um, the way things look tonight. That might not be very many, but uh, we will be with you the whole ride. Uh, we got the same crew as we had for the series preview uh, that came out yesterday. It's uh, myself, and it is Keaton, and it is Bob, and I am Matt. I guess I should say my own name. But, uh, yeah, we're here talking after the Red Sox lost 5 to nothing. Uh, how are we feeling? How are we feeling, gentlemen? You know, not great. I suppose that's understandable. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, I think a good place to start is sort of just picking up where we were talking about a little bit before we were recording and just kind of the general vibes of the game. It, Red Sox actually out-hit the Rays in this one. They had nine hits, the Rays only had six. Um, but despite that, it just never really felt like the Red Sox game. Um, it felt like they were out of it the whole time, and we were talking about whether or not that's better or if it's better to be in it the whole time and then losing a walk off and I'm kind of thinking that this kind of game is better for my psyche it just looked like I mean it's not good for my psyche that the Rays are good it destroys me to my core uh but this team just looked incredible and um I mean there's there's kind of two main points I take away from the Rays in this game um and I think I'll start with their defense and obviously everybody knows they're good defensively but it's their positioning that is just like it's magic. They're there every time. It, it, you put the ball in play. If it's not a home run, it's going to get caught because they're just right there. The Red Sox had a couple bullets that just went right at the fielders today. And, um, I don't know, Keaton. I mean, did you have did that stand out to you too? This team is just they got some sort of positioning magic going on there. Yeah, it's a combo between the great pitching and the defensiveness. I mean, you, you mentioned the Red Sox had nine hits in the game. They were all singles. Couldn't get an extra base hit to save her life, and that was because the positioning of the defense really kind of stifled it that way. But then it was also, you know, the pitching not allowing uh, a lot of hard contact. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck had a lot of hard contact, but they were all outs, <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. doesn't exactly help. But you know, up and down the order, they really limited the hard contact. They had the positioning dead on for every single one of these at bats, and um, nine hits, nine singles. That's that's tough to push some runs across, especially when you're not drawing any walks either. Yeah, I mean, they had everyone shifted in the right place for the entire game, and to the point I was wishing that FS1 would show us before the at-bat where everybody was so I wouldn't get my hopes up when another ball was <laughs> ripped up uh, the middle and a guy was standing behind second base. Um, every broadcast six needs times. to do that. I don't know why that's not a part of the broadcast yet. Just put a little diagram there telling where people are I'm right with you on that one. yeah and it, to, to keaton's point about Dahlbeck, i mean it wasn't just him mcclanahan's great and he pitched really well and you know was hitting a hundred and spotting and everything else but you look at his on the savant page he gave up 10 hard hit balls in five innings um they were just at people he only had three strikeouts and the, the 16 balls that were put in play 10 of them were hit uh, you know, 95 exit velocity or higher. So they were hitting balls hard. They just weren't hitting balls hard um, or they weren't getting any hits with two outs and runners in scoring position. And like you said, it, they were all singles. Yeah, I mean, the situa- situational hitting was probably the story of the game uh, for the Red Sox. But uh, just one last thing on the race before we get to that. Um, the other thing that just makes me deeply depressed about this team is uh, we saw – I mean, they're they're deep, but they have some loaded. They're loaded with young talent, and it was the young talent that really carried their game. Randy Rosarena, first player ever in the playoffs to hit a home run and steal home in the same game. Um, Wander Franco is just unbelievable, and we were just talking about McClanahan. I mean, those three guys, and then we're gonna see Shane Bass tomorrow. Um, just just scary and i mean franco I, I, rosarena had the better game but franco just in particular every time he comes up he's already just a major threat i realized yesterday after we got off the air that we didn't really talk about the rays hitters a whole lot i mean we talked about it a ton but we didn't focus a whole lot on that and when you watch them at this point in the season 
now that Franco's up, I mean, having that protection behind Rosarini is huge. You can't you can't walk him because Franco's behind him, and then Lowe's behind him, and Cruz is behind him, and it's such a different lineup than they had a year ago, where it seemed like you were waiting for Rosarini to get for the order to turn back around to him. I mean, now they walked him a couple times, and it killed them both times. And, uh, you know, one of them was the, the, the first inning double with Franco and then him stealing home later. So, you know, I, it's playoff Randy and he obviously uh, jumps up a little bit for the moment, to, to say the least, once they get to this time of year. Yeah, they used to really just kind of like nickel and dime you to death with their just consistency throughout the lineup. They didn't really have any kind of like that flashy star power but it was just consistent one through nine so each at bat was tough and there were tough outs but now they have that in the middle of their order is that that star power and these guys who are just really freaking good at baseball to complement the consistency on the other the other um you know slots in the batting order uh and that's that's a pretty lethal combo yeah i mean this this is unfortunate that uh these guys are so young, and yeah. the, the only bit of good news is that, or potential good news is that you hope that they get traded. But in the meantime, um, just gonna deal with that. And I mean, Rosarito just flies. Every everything else that he does, it's, the, it's just what he does with the legs. It just scares me so much. Um, but as far as like the Red Sox situation goes, what they did today offensively and you mentioned it bob they didn't they got the guys on base they just couldn't get that last hit every inning was just one hit short of making this a game and i mean the eighth inning in particular really stood out but i don't really know what you do about that i mean they hit the ball pretty well it just it was what it was though alex cora said after the game um that jd martinez will probably play tomorrow like it's they're making it seem like they're hinting at it um so that should help but i mean i don't know how you guys feel the offense it just was one of those nights where it was what it was you're playing a good defensive team and if you don't hit the ball over the fence you're just sometimes these games will happen i guess yeah this is something that we've talked about a lot doing the the precap podcast and you know analyzing every game of every series and uh you know seeing these trends Throughout the year, it was constant. They would kind of like shoot themselves in the foot with the situational hitting, and they'd strand 20 to 30 guys. Tonight, they stranded 20. And so I was tempted to, to like kind of like start my comments there and say that it was just kind of felt like falling into old habits that doomed them during the season. But it really doesn't feel like that's the case. They got nine hits. The Rays were just a better team. Yeah, yeah and- the Rays. Go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, I wish I knew, and Passon drops this nugget in the ninth inning yeah, about... Yeah, what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, what did he say? Uh, Devers is clearly compromised. He's an absolute gamer. He's trying to play through an arm injury, suffering the wild card game. I wish I knew about that before the ninth yeah, inning. Yeah, I was but like, the did game. they say that? Did I just miss something here? That right. was, that and was strange. You could, he was wearing the compression sleeve, and every swing just looked off, and... Smoltz is saying, you know, that's just him. He kind of, uh, you know, plays it up after each swing, which, sure, he's usually yelling at himself. He's not really moving his arm around and yeah. taking 45 seconds in between each pitch. It looked totally different. Yeah, Merloni was talking about it during the game, too, defensively, too. Just the whole game, he was kind of favoring that other arm. Um, that I mean, that's obviously 
killer if if Devers is compromised at all. I don't. Obviously, we don't know the extent of the injury because we just found out about it in the ninth inning because Passon decided to right. just leave that in the notes, I guess. But um, yeah, that that's obviously <laughs> concerning. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um... The other concerning thing is the guy that we spent a little bit talking about yesterday, Eduardo Rodriguez. We talked about him getting the start, and I think we all generally agreed that this was probably the best move, um, but it it certainly did not work out that way. Um, he was hurt a little bit by some factors he couldn't control. That double that uh, Bob mentioned the first inning, uh, Kiki Hernandez bobbled that. I think that's probably a double either way, but I don't think a Rosarina is coming around from first to score if Kike doesn't bobble that, so that's not great. Um, second run came in on a slow roller where, I mean, it was just well-placed and nothing Devers could have done about it. So that was some bad luck. That said, I did not really think that Rodriguez looked particularly good. He got in that trap that he gets into sometimes where he's just nibbling and usually he doesn't have good enough control or command to try to nibble like that. And he was throwing a lot of balls, a lot of long at bats had a couple of lead off walks and uh, didn't make out of the second inning. And uh, Keaton, I don't know. What did you, what did you think about Rodriguez today? Is that, um, I mean, if, if he does have to make another start, are you willing to put him back out there for that? Yeah, I think I am mainly because he just, I mean, he threw a lot of pitches, but it was only in ending a third, ending two thirds, so it wasn't a whole lot of pitches. But I don't have a whole lot more to add. I mean, you outlined it; it was just him trying to nibble, and he didn't have the command to do it. And then was also kind of coupled with him being unlucky. One thing that I did just think of, though, on that Devers play, so Diaz beat it out by diving, but if his right arm is messed up do you think that may have contributed to him not having as strong of a throw to first base um maybe i i didn't i guess i would have to see the throw again at the time it didn't seem like the throw was um any weaker than i was expecting it to be but that also wasn't really something i was looking for i guess so maybe if i saw it again it would look differently but i didn't uh it wasn't something i noticed at the time he's playing pretty deep with two outs there too that was a, a tough play yeah, I thought I thought he did what he could have done on that, especially I mean with Devers on that throw, you never know where that ball is going when it leaves his hand. So, um, all things considered, I thought he I thought he did pretty well on that play. But um, I don't know. What about you, Bob? If they, I don't know what game it would be. I guess game four, maybe if they had to use Rodriguez again, would you be comfortable with that? I mean, they're going to need him at some point. It, it's hard for me the way that they use the starters in relief to completely set this in stone because Pavetta ends up being the quasi-starting pitcher today, right? He threw 73 pitches and Eddie threw about 40. Um, You know, either way, that game four is on Monday, so you're going on three days rest, whether it's Erod or Pavetta. Um, I'm sure they're going to need someone in relief at some point, and the other guy will throw game four, and that might end up just kind of being... You know, all hands on deck if they're down 2-1 specifically. Uh, and then you would have 
sail on four days rest for game five because you have the off day in between. So they're going to need both of them. I mean, if you're talking about the pecking order of the 13 pitches, pitchers that they have, <laughs> they're, Pavetta and Erod are both in the top seven or eight, and I kind of look at them collectively outside of Sale and Ivaldi. Um, but, you know, you, you said it kind of casually. He walked the leadoff hitter in both innings. You just yeah. can't do that. And that was that was a killer and comes around to Rosarena for the, the, the second time um, through the order. And Cora pretty much said this is the most important at bat in the game right here in the second inning. You know, if he homers here, then we're screwed. Yeah, Honestly, I, I thought that was a good I thought that was a good hook. Uh, from Cora, I was a little worried because uh, Rodriguez had struck out the battery face before that, so I was a little concerned Cora was going to let him go. But I was very happy to see that hook. The first thing I actually thought of uh, once Rodriguez got pulled after inning in two thirds was the conversation we had yesterday about the lack of lefties in the bullpen and how if you play the matchups with Tampa Bay, you can kind of keep guys on the bench that you don't want to, to have to face. The, you know, the difficult part is that. Their, their bench is kind of deep and when they're swapping yes. guys in and out, that's tough. But Matt, I think you were, were the one that actually had mentioned like the possibility of using Eduardo Rodriguez as a lefty reliever at some point. And with this short outing, my mind immediately went back to that as maybe this opens up the chance for him to potentially come out of the bullpen in a situation in, in game three. Uh, because it only, it only matters, game four only matters if you get there. So um, I think you just kind of the next two games, it's all hands on deck, and once you get to game four, you'll, you'll figure it out once you get there. I'm, I'm with you, but they carried, um, they are carrying more lefties than I had, um, than I had predicted anyways. I, I well, only had one. They do have Davis, and one of them's Martin Perez. I don't know what we Yeah, well, that was going to Martin like, Perez. But, yeah. I'd rather roll out Rodriguez out there <laughs> for yes. a relief appearance. I, had I would Perez, rather. So yeah. Yeah. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the circumstances of how it comes about are uh, not great, but you may have been onto something there with that thought process. If they're down 2-0 in the series um, and they need to get a lefty out late in game three, they're going to Rodriguez before Perez, right? Yes. 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 So they're, better. they're going to, <laughs> yeah, they're going mean, to it, Bernie yeah. from Weekend at Birdies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He might have more to offer than Danny Santana. <laughs> Thank God Danny Santana did not appear because I, I just do not want to talk about Danny Santana. Um, so I can't believe we didn't bring him up yesterday. <laughs> um, what did you – I thought it was weird. I didn't – it wasn't something that I was, like, really mad about. It wasn't that consequential. But I did think it was a little strange that they used Garrett Richards um, to get that last out in the second. I thought it made sense to – use somebody just for one out if you wanted to use Pavetta in the next inning and you didn't want to bring him into the middle of an inning you wanted to give him a clean um, start I think that makes all the sense of the world I thought it was strange that they used Richards I was curious if you guys um, thought anything of that yeah I also thought that was strange uh, for the one out I was surprised that then Pavetta went out uh, to start the third, I assumed if Richards was going in, you were going to get more than just three pitches out of him. Yeah. So if you were only looking for a guy to go one out, I don't think it made sense. If you were bringing Richards in, I really thought we were going to get a full inning out of him on top of that last out. So I think that his particular usage there was a little confusing. Ultimately, I don't 
think it really mattered because nothing happened. In no, I mean, he got the anyway. out, and yeah, it worked. It it didn't really matter, and it wasn't a big deal. I just it was yeah. something I just thought was curious. What were you, Bob? It was it was weird to see Richards come in for one out. That's just not the you know role that he's had at any time in his career. So it definitely is out of the ordinary. But you know, like I said, I think they just labeled it as just a huge at bat in the game, and he. Probably ideally, Cora is thinking I want to get Pavetta through. First of all, I want to start him with a clean inning. Probably doesn't want to bring him in with runners on base because that's not something he really ever does. And then two, if I can get him through the order a couple times, I might need a Brazier, Whitlock, Hauk, and seventh and eighth inning if if it's a close game. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely out of place when you look at the box score. No, that's a good point. And to Pavetta's credit, I mean, I don't think Pavetta was great by any means in this game, but I think he did largely what they needed him to do, especially in hindsight, knowing that the offense wasn't going to score any runs anyways. Um, just getting them into that um, seventh inning, I thought was big. And obviously you get to save some of the bigger arms and guys like Whitlock and Houck now have a couple days off in a row. Um, so he got hurt by the catwalk, although that would have been a home run catwalk or not i just want to complain about the catwalk um those were bad pitches that he gave up that home run to and the other one to a rosen arena but um the fact that he was able to make it through that and cora was able to feel comfortable leaving him in that long feels like a win even if the stat line doesn't look that great yeah i, I think the third run they should uh the third earned run should be transferred to taylor i mean came in with a Ugh, guy in first yeah. and two out and lets a guy steal home off him you know i don't really blame pavetta for the third run no, yeah, that's fair. That that stolen base of home was just – it was cool because I think – or at least I thought so, but just because I think – I don't know. I mean, stealing home is just something that feels like it never gets old. But, yeah, that was kind of infuriating that everybody knew that was going to happen except apparently for <laughs> You Josh could Taylor. see it coming from a mile away. Yeah, Rosarino was just like toying with them, and Taylor didn't even want to right. – didn't even want to give it a shot. Um – what else do we have for this one? I don't uh I mean it was just kind of one of those games where it was what it was. Anything else um for either of you that stand out from the scheme that I haven't talked about yet? I got one thing, a little small silver lining. Um I talked about the the bottom of the order and strikeouts being kind of a big issue. The Red Sox only struck out five times this game. And um, you know, adding in those nine hits it's just like it was unfortunate that it just kind of feels like a weird baseball thing where it just lined up where they didn't get any runs out of it. But um, even though they put up a zero, I actually still feel pretty confident in this offense against this team for, uh, you know, what it was. They didn't draw any walks, which is uncharacteristic of this offense, and they only struck out five times, which makes me feel like they're seeing the ball. They got nine hits. They just didn't string any together. So I, even though they didn't score any runs, I, I still feel – like the offense is a is a positive, and I'm confident. Yeah, I, I don't think that they got dominated. I think that might be the narrative coming out of this, that they just got smoked, got down in the first inning, got shut out, all of the above. Um, but, you know, they, they out-hit them. They were hitting balls hard right at people. I mean, I you, you look at Dahlbeck, he had t- two of the biggest at bats of the game. One was with first and second and nobody out. And he hits a 105 mile an hour exit velocity double play. Right. And then he's got the at bat with a runner on and two outs and hits a line out at 104 right at the third baseman. 
you know, each of those goes one or two feet one way or the other, and it's a totally different game. Of course, that's a what if, but I mean, every game is totally different. I think that this is a resilient team that they'll put today behind them, but you need vintage sale tomorrow. It all This whole series comes down to whether you have vintage Chris sale tomorrow, and if you don't, then I, I think the Rays are the better team, so you need a dominant performance, especially if Devers and JD both aren't right. I agree. Um, what Let's end this with uh, predictions for game two score. Uh, Keaton, you can go first. Put you on the spot. Oh, um, 5-2 Red Sox. All right, Bob? 4-3 Red Sox. I'm going 3-1 Red Sox, so you, hear, you heard it here first. Uh, there's <laughs> absolutely no chance the Red Sox are going to win tomorrow. Uh, we apologize, <laughs> but uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. Um Anything else, guys, before we finish this one out? Nope. All right. That uh, that about sums up. I think nope sums up uh, this night pretty well. Just not a great night for the Red Sox. Um, but we hope you at least enjoyed what you heard from us. Uh, if you did, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave a rating, interview, do all that stuff that people say at the end of every podcast that's ever been recorded. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Uh, Keaton is at the Spoken Keats, and Bob is at Bob Osgood fifteen. You can find all of our writing at overthemonster.com and uh with that we'll be back with you after tomorrow's game